the confidence and trust from him from the back and forth that they uh, chose us, Paint Blue, to paint their 10-story uh, corporate headquarters. From there, we ended up painting almost 10 of their branches. So it was just a major lead from one little connection from a construction manager to the branch. Welcome to the Commercial Painting Podcast. Whether you're a seasoned leader or just getting started with your business, we're here to help you take your organization to the next level. Today's show is brought to you by the Commercial Painting Industry Association, or as we often refer to it on the show, the CPIA. It's also brought to you by A David Creation. You can find more information about these sponsors in the show notes for this episode. Thank you for being a part of today's conversation. All right, welcome back. We have uh, Matt Calero here today with David and I. Uh, Matt Calero is out of Florida, sunny Florida with Paint Blue. Um, Matt is a interesting story. I'll let him kind of tell you his background and stuff, but it's a really neat story. And we're going to talk to Matt a little bit. He's had a very a lot of success um, using LinkedIn. And we think that that's a, a great platform for B2B sales. And I'll let him share a little bit more about what he's done there. Matt, welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me, Aaron, David. It's a great pleasure to be here and talk about a little bit about my story and success on LinkedIn. So my story goes back to uh, my adventures out of high school, wanted to go try something new, played, worked a lot of trades here in the States, um, had time to be able to go play and explore the world, ended up down in Costa Rica. Down in Costa Rica, I formed a little construction company working and building for other foreigners down there. I was on the hillsides of these big trop- tropical lush uh, mountains overlooking the Pacific Ocean, building homes for other foreigners coming down to the area. It uh, came with every challenge there was to try to get materials up these gravel roads and and logistics and trying to get materials and, and difficult situations. Um, and so it created a, a go-getting attitude that you could just figure it out. Luckily, the locals there were, were very positive people. Uh, they have a saying, it's called Pura Vida, which is pure life down in Costa Rica. And through all those uh, trials and tribulations, it definitely put some uh, thick skin on me to be able to make it through the tough times. Eventually built some houses for some foreigners in, uh, from the Tampa Bay area that came down. Um, we hit it off and they introduced me to a couple people up here and showed me a great place to live in Tampa. And I moved with my family uh, back up to the United States after 12 years down in Costa Rica and up here formed Paint Blue, commercial painting company, uh, specializing in warehouse and industrial painting uh, as well as office. Perfect. Well, I just have one main question. Why the heck would you leave Costa Rica? I mean, like when we go on vacation, that's like got to be like top five places for anyone that I've ever talked to that's been there, loves it. I love it there. So what what was the uh, what was what brought you back? Uh, it's the, the day to day eventually grinds on you. Uh, it's a great place to visit. I'd love to retire there one day. You could spend some time and be very relaxed, but trying to pull permits and go through the little things <laughs> of driving an hour or plus to, uh, uh, just a hardware store or two hours to a good grocery store up and down bumpy gravel roads. Uh, yeah. and then I had two young kids. And for the opportunities for them, we were in a small beach town and there was not a lot of good schooling systems in that area. And so 
we, we decided to make it back up to uh, the modern United States. So I got something. So like, how'd you get, how'd you decide on painting, let alone commercial painting though? So from Costa Rica, it's probably not a lot of that down there anyway. So what, what, how did you move into that? So I got burnt out uh, just being a jack of all trades. But down in Costa Rica, there's not uh, as many subcontracted out trades. And so my crew that I had, my core crew, we would do everything from the foundation all the way through the roof, the windows, the tile, and you name it, the, all the components of the house. We'd only sub out a couple little things. And we never could master it because we were building about two to three custom homes a year. And we never could master one specific thing about it. And I always thought, man, it would be nice to be able to build systems and just do one thing and not have to worry about all the other things where we could train up the guys and be truly experts at one trade. Um, and so my background of painting actually came when I was a, a kid. My dad was a principal at school, but every summer he would paint because he'd have three months off uh, a year. And so he would go painting. He took his two young sons with him, and we were both of his employees to go out there and uh, pull around drop cloths. And so I, I had this painting connection to the U.S., even though I had all the construction background down in Costa Rica. The painting just kind of made a lot of sense. And then the commercial side was to get away from the emotions of uh, building. So when you're building custom homes, it's a very emotional process where the, the homeowner can't make a decision for the tile for the life of them and we're ready to put it in and they just can't quite decide. I wanted to avoid by going into commercial, it's very black and white. Um, they, they know the corporate colors and they, they have a plan already set, set in place and you just got to, you know, have your plan and, and set it together and you're, and you're good to go. There's no last minute decisions or emotions in it. And that's how I yeah. found myself in, in the commercial painting industry. We always refer to it as like the amateur buyer versus the professional buyer. You know, you want to really work with professionals, you know, like yeah. the guy building his own house. This is the one time he's probably ever going to build a house in his life. If, you know, you meet the anomaly, maybe it's the second or third, but you meet a commercial property manager, they buy this stuff every single day for their job. So they have a little it's bit better right. understanding. So I totally relate yeah. with you there. So, yeah, right. where did you mention your your father was a teacher i think if we did a poll of how many uh, people got in the painting industry that were teachers it's probably a lot uh, teachers yeah. firefighters and college students would be my three <laughs> that's, yeah. that's so, true um, that's yep yeah <laughs> right so well we want to talk about linkedin today too and aaron here's my question right um how did you get how did you decide on linkedin right how'd you get started so talk about your humble beginnings, if you will, on LinkedIn. We're, we're, you know, there's a lot of platforms which we'll talk about on social media. So tell us more about that. There's a lot of platforms out on social media. I knew social media was the way to go. I uh, consume it myself. I know everybody's consuming it, consuming it in front of their phone. Um, it's uh, the gateway to building a brand in 2023. And I chose LinkedIn because it is the true business to business platform uh, where your clients come to the platform with a different type of mindset. They have a mindset of thinking about business where they're going to uh, look at what their colleagues are doing, look at what their competitors are doing, uh, comment on people and interact uh, in a manner that is business-like in a professional setting versus the mindset of a, 
a person going to Instagram or Facebook, they may be looking for a funny movie, a funny clip, something to relax and, and you know, not worry about the, the day-to-day versus LinkedIn. They're taking it a little bit more serious and they have the right mindset when they're going there. If they run across the, something from a commercial painter, even if they don't need it today, they know that it's there. That's, that's a nice thing to know that they come back and find it. It's on on the platform forever versus your your websites and uh, other platforms could change over time. So LinkedIn, you could go back and always see the history and you're, it's there permanently from there on out. So when did you start? How, how long have you been on there? So I've been on LinkedIn for two years uh, and I had a rough start at the beginning, had no idea what I was doing whatsoever. Uh, just watched lots of videos of other people doing it. Uh, consumed a lot of content, uh, found that it doesn't have to be from your same trade, your same profession. It's just people in general who's doing uh, things right on LinkedIn and who's getting the, the audience. And those are the people that I started to follow. Let's talk about um, some successes you've had on LinkedIn. Yes. So some of the successes um, started with the strategy. So the strategy that I picked up uh, about six months in was commenting on other people's posts. What a lot of people tend to do on LinkedIn is just give them a thumbs up or just look at their posts and scroll on. The, the thing about just giving somebody a thumbs up is the, the person who created the post usually doesn't go and look at all the people that gave them a thumbs up. However, if you make a comment on there that brings any kind of a value or just respects the, what they do for a living, they, they tend to look at your profile. Once they look at your profile, you have their attention. You've got mm -hmm. free, valuable attention right there. And that, that was the strategy to, to start commenting on as many people in this uh, commercial painting world that I could. Commercial property managers, uh, investors, uh, people of this, this uh, nature. I would comment on them and then eventually they would, they would reach out. And so one of the ones that took about three months, maybe a little bit less of commenting randomly, not, not an everyday stalking type manner was mm -hmm. um, a local regional credit union. So this credit union, they're building branches in the area and had a construction manager who would post uh, almost daily. And I would comment once a week on his. And one day he would look at the profile and he goes, this may be a fit. And he, he direct messaged me, DM me through LinkedIn and said, give him a call. And he uh, brought me out, basically just opened up the red carpet and say, I follow this guy. He's been following me. He knows what he's talking about. It's, I already gained the, the confidence and trust from him from the back and forth that they uh, chose us, Paint Blue, to paint their 10-story uh, corporate headquarters. From there, wow. we ended up painting almost 10 of their branches. So it was just a major lead from one little connection from a construction mm -hmm. manager to the branch. The confidence and trust from him, from the back and forth, that they uh, chose us, Paint Blue, to paint their 10-story uh, corporate headquarters. From there, wow. we ended up painting almost 10 of their branches. So it was just a major lead from one little connection 
from a construction mm-hmm. manager to the branch. What do you think if you were to give advice or if you were to, you know, look at my profile or David's profile, like what are the things you think would be important on there? You know, I know they have opportunities for people to like recommend you. They have mm-hmm. opportunities for you to list your skills, your history, or, you know, what, do you have any thoughts on what good looks like on that? Yes. So one of the, the most important things when you're starting out with your profile is uh, turning on creator mode. So that what creator mode uh, does for your profile, it allows people to follow you without connecting to you. Uh, that's important because people feel that it's a big jump to have to connect with you just to continue to see your content versus following. It's something that they could do very passively. They say, yeah, maybe one day I'll use a commercial painter. I might as well just follow this guy and see what he does. And then once they follow you, then you're going to be in their feed uh, and they're going to see everything that you're posting. When it comes to the actual description of your profile, it, that is important. Some of the first key words of things that you do, uh, very clear and decisive of exactly what you do, I have found is the best. Um, other people say they're, they're firefighters uh, putting out uh, fires and taking care of problems. Um, I find that uh, a little confusing sometimes. I'd rather have somebody look at it and instantly say, oh, commercial painter, Tampa Bay area. And that, that uh, mm-hmm. simplifies it. Then from there on, you could, you could describe a few things that you offer uh, that are different, different value adds that your, that your business is doing. Um, when it comes to the deeper part of your profile, I, I personally haven't seen a lot of benefits of having too many people add, add all the depth um, that, as an important feature. Uh, but there is three key posts that you could feature there. That is important. So when they first look at your profile, if they don't want to read anything, they'll see the first three posts that you have pinned there. And so those should be some of your best posts that you've had, the ones that have done well, or uh, ones, for example, I have a drone videos on some of my job sites. That was actually a produced video. Uh, those are my pinned ones. So they instantly get some excitement of, oh, that's not just a, his random Wednesday post. It's uh, something a little bit more exciting. And work to do now. Yeah, you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, do I do it right now or should I just stay engaged or do I get on my computer and like log in and uh, and move over to creator mode? I'm sure I'm not doing that. Or, and that seems yeah. easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So on the, have you done anything with the LinkedIn has kind of a blog feature on there too, to use that feature on there? The blog feature, I have not taken advantage of, of some of the other features that have come and gone through through LinkedIn. They've had different stories and other things in the past that have had some yeah. success. My goal is to just be consistent. The, yeah. My consistent is posting daily. Uh, mm-hmm. That's every single day. There's a post uh, that, that comes out that's new information, something that brings value. Always bring educational value is typically our goal in the post that teaching them something about a product, the way we apply it, the way we we do many different things. No secrets here. Uh, We want to get it out there and transparent. If we want to hide it from our competition, that means our own clients won't see it. And so I'd rather have it out there that my clients get impressed by the way we mask off an area or paint the curbs, the special yellow and black bumblebee look. Um, I'd rather have them, my clients, see that than worry that my competitors are going to pick up on the ideas. That's a good point. So, how, how, how did you come up with the concept of, of being 
more education based in, in your marketing, like do, read books on that, you know, go to seminars because a lot of guys will come out LinkedIn and, and promote or in, so you don't promote, you do the uh, content marketing. where did you learn that? And why did you decide that for, for a strategy? I think it stems back to a couple things. It's, it's partly my nature. It's the way I grew up, uh, educational home with both my parents and education their whole lives. We like to, to teach, to share. Uh, I, I love to consume and understand how to professionally do anything that I'm involved in. And, and then once I know it, I, I love to share it. I love to tell my employees, tell friends, family, this is, this is the best practices. And so I've always been drawn to the people that share the best practices and don't just come off as uh, we're, you know, the, the shiniest object in, in town. Um, I'd rather educate them so they have the confidence uh, that they could work with this company to paint blue and get the best quality product because they know that we follow our, our steps and do everything in the most professional manner. Today's episode is brought to you by the Commercial Painting Industry Association, the CPIA, and also a David Creation. Find information on these sponsors in the show notes for this episode. Now back to our show. So I got I have a question for you, David, and then I want Matt to kind of chime in. So how often do you go on LinkedIn, David? It's good. Probably not as much as Matt. He's on there every day. Uh, Clearly. <laughs> right. Uh, I would say probably three to four times a week, some, sometimes every day. Uh, I would say Monday through Friday. I don't do much on the weekends there. And because um, I would think yeah. like for, you know, for me, when I think of like a platform that I'm on more regularly would be like the Instagram or Facebook. Like, and obviously yeah. those are not B2B platforms. Those are me checking up on my friends and it's aside from work, but I'm just curious, um, obviously, you know, with Matt being kind of really involved with it, cause I don't find that I go on LinkedIn as religiously, like pick up my phone, my thumb takes me to like a Facebook or Instagram. My thumb never takes me to, uh, to LinkedIn, if you know what I mean. So I was just curious about like, how often you think other people are checking it. And then the other side of LinkedIn that I'm just curious about, like the long-term prospects on LinkedIn, and just this is just an opinion from the two of you that I probably guess other people in, that are listening would have, is if I, like, I just opened my LinkedIn, says we were talking here, you know, and I've probably got 25 messages and ev- I don't know a name from one of the people other than one of my employees. Every other thing is somebody trying to solicit me. So yeah. I, I'm assuming that you're not a big proponent of soliciting through the inbox. And what do you think that the long-term prospects are for LinkedIn? Either of you can answer just thinking out loud of if there's gonna be just nonstop people, I don't go because all I find on there is people want, that want something from me or want me to give them business. So I wonder, and I don't find myself scrolling a lot. Like I would scroll on like a Facebook or something. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I just like to hear your guys two cents to like the counter. I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm just saying that, you know, I think there yeah. is one contingency for that out there. Obviously Matt's sharing a success story. So what's your thought on that? And then we can kind of maybe put a wrap on this pretty quick. Yes. Uh, so there's a lot to unpackage there, um, but <laughs> where it starts is, is LinkedIn is the, is a very fast growing platform. It uh, started out as in its infancy as just people posting to get jobs there. It's it, from there. It's it grew momentum and added video, which it exploded the the user and uh, usage and the time frame that they actually spend on LinkedIn. 
Uh, I have over 650 direct contacts that are real contacts. I'm not, uh, like you mentioned, one of the people that just want to connect with anybody and everybody just to gain that. I would say 75% of my contacts uh, check it LinkedIn every other day. And that that is is growing um, in nature, that, that they feel that it's, it's a place to get information uh, for their business. It's a place to network. It's, it's to see and show their, their colleagues what they're up to. And so they spend a little bit more time. The engagement time frame of LinkedIn has gone, gone up. Um, the other great thing about LinkedIn is it's, it's more positive. When you're on there, it's the, the Facebook and it could, could have a lot of negativity on there. People just uh, going after other people for any possible posts that they do. Instagram is uh, posing to a lifestyle that you just don't have most of the time and LinkedIn is actually truly what you're doing in business and you usually can't fake it if you're buying the building leasing the building you can't fake that quite like uh, the Lamborghini that you had on the weekend um, so I like <laughs> it that it's real it's more authentic um, when you connect to the people um, and then one of the strategies of connecting is until they look at my profile I'm not going to reach out to them and just cold uh, try to connect to them. And and the ones that you're getting are, are in that inbox. Once you see that instant message that they actually paid to send it to you, it's 90% of the time it's a red flag and it's just somebody soliciting something that's uh, just not wanted. I like it. One follow-up question that's a very fast one, one word answer, sales navigator, yes or no? Yes. Yes, definitely. That's, that's good for prospecting because they're on yeah. there. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, we've seen uh, what I've experienced with some working with some of the guys in the marketing is, uh, yeah, the sales navigators could be one. And some of the ads on there, too, you, you can put ads in front of people. So you're not you're not doing the in, in mail kind of thing. You're just putting ads of maybe a certain type of project or something. And it's the same type of thing. You're trying to get someone to maybe check out your profile, too. So that we're talking business profile, not your personal profile, but like, you know, going over and checking out. Um, we've done some ads. On, I have a, a company I work with that, that specializes. I mean, they do a bunch, but uh, church painting in the East Coast. And so churches out here tend to be the brick ones with the big the big tower and the, you know, they're just they're expensive to paint, right? So we've done ads for anyone in the church that might be more in management. You can target pastors and priests and trustees all the way down, right? Or whoever's on mm -hmm. staff. And mm -hmm. so you get people seeing those kind of posts that you're doing a church project and maybe it looks like one of their churches and you can see not necessarily their name, but you can see who from the church, the, the particular church is looking at your stuff. And then from there you can work down from there. You can actually go, okay, this is the church that's been following my, our, our ads or our posts or something like that. And then cold column, you know, <laughs> some, uh, something from there. So lots, mm -hmm. lots you can do there. Man, I had a question too, like uh, speaking of the business side. So you were just talking about your personal profile page right. on LinkedIn. How much right. time do you spend on the business side versus your personal page? If any. Great question, David. And so I spend 80 to 85% of the time on personal and the rest of 15 on, on the actual brand of the company profile page. And that is just from my research. People follow people. People don't follow brands on LinkedIn, especially. Yeah. 
They're, they just like to, to relate to somebody and not that it, I would close my uh, business one, still post there, but the, the ratio would be five, six posts, uh, personal, um, a week to one business, uh, post on there. And so that's, that's kind of our balance. Good. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'll just share that what we've seen is that that's kind of more of it's a place for you to get your employees to connect with the page. So the, mm-hmm. the page will say how many employees you have. So if you got 10, 20, 100, 200, uh, there's some connection there. And then it allows them to share. Going back to what you were just saying about people on LinkedIn connect with other people. So you can use the business page to get your employees to share that content. So maybe it's you're posting about that church painting or that you were saying like the, the bank. You know, if mm-hmm. you if you had some bank imagery around that it might, might be on your LinkedIn business page and you get your team, your employees, your salespeople. So, all right, start sharing what you did. And then now mm-hmm. it's, now it's back to the one-on-one. So yeah. Yeah. I'd like to share one, one other really cool um, strategy that I just implemented that I was discussing about commenting on, on their posts. But recently I had a good success um, actually attaching something uh, you could attach on their comment, and I attached a, a color rendering for the building that was just acquired. And so this re- just acquired this business, and I saw that it was just uh, funky yellows and greens on this building, just faded out completely. And I did a really quick color rendering of some light grays, dark gray accents, uploaded it. It didn't take more than an hour and they were already checking my profile saying, who is this? What's this okay. going on here? <laughs> I love that. Did yeah. you do that in house? Cause we always outsource our rent. Like what program did you use for that? That's a great idea. So I've had a lot of discussions and I hope to have more when I'm at the CPIA conference uh, with Sherwin Williams, Benjamin Moore, because their platforms are very slow for this. Sherwin Williams actually has on their residential side an option to upload a photo and to do it yourself. Um, so that's what I do when we do it in-house is, is through Sherman Williams uh, website. Um, however, to get like professionally done, you got to send it out through your paint rep and get it back. And it usually takes a week or so. By that point, the post has gone stale. On a, that's right. Yeah. Chase. Uh, yeah. exactly. The most important thing was just kind of a shocker that they were like, who's attaching this and why? And it, cause it was all big wigs of JLL, CBRE, large commercial <laughs> managers mm-hmm. discussing this between them. And this guy posts this took an hour and they looked at the profile the next day I got a comment. And then not even two days later, I was out there giving them a bid. And so I've already awesome. the proposals in They're They're really yeah. interested in it. And, and that's uh, a new strategy that I'm going to implement. Yeah. I'll say this. Cause I, I, I invited you in here because I knew uh, you're a success on LinkedIn. And when I say success, just I've watched you for the last you, you and I have met, we were on a peer group together. So about a year and a half and I've watched you be more consistent on LinkedIn. Um, and I've watched your followers or the comments and the, the connections go up and up and up. And I've watched your consistency, like you were saying, you know, be consistent. So I've seen all that. And when I log into LinkedIn, like I said, you know, three days a week, let's say, you're actually one of the first posts I see every day. So that's just how LinkedIn works too. So LinkedIn starts to look at uh, what I'm looking at, or, you know, if I'm interested, then boom, that you're, you're number one now. So uh, I've followed other painters that I've watched them for a while. Boom. I see there's like first or second. So there's a strategy, like what you're saying is to be super consistent, have a good profile, 
Um, and then like you're saying, education, how do you build that credibility and you get awareness? It's by educating your audience. So some of the folks that I've followed over the years on LinkedIn who are still there. So obviously it's still a mm-hmm. growing platform. They're getting, you can just look at their pages and all the interaction they get. That's because they're super consistent. They give back. They're not worried about business right away because it's going to come at some point. So I think you've, mm-hmm. if, if uh, I just want to wrap up by saying you got to follow Matt. So it, let's, <laughs> let's go there. You've already kind of, I would say, tell us how to, how people can follow you, connect with you on LinkedIn and anywhere else. Let's of go course. there. So yeah, on LinkedIn, you just look up my name, Matt Calero, and you'll find me on LinkedIn for the, the company. It's paint blue. So paintblue.com and email is Matt at paintblue.com. Very easy. Yeah. Perfect. I guess uh, we'll wrap it. I had I had one quick question, just uh, selfishly, since um, <laughs> I, I met Matt through the CPIA. He had reached out to us, and um, so I'm just curious to hear what your kind of feedback was, or what has been your experience in meeting people. And you've, I think you've attended at least one, if not two, events. So mm-hmm. maybe you can give us a little bit of insight into what kind of what you experienced, especially as somebody new, when you essentially walked in going, hey, I'm just starting this commercial painting contracting company, but I, I, you know, I'd like to be around a bunch of guys that are doing this. So yep. how's that worked out for you? Uh, it's worked out fantastically. Uh, it's, it was uh, one of the best decisions I did uh, to sign up with you guys in CPIA. I remember reaching out via email and you offered to hop on a Zoom call with me. And we did that quick Zoom call and it just, it just made sense. Um, starting out, I knew I needed to be around more like-minded people who've been doing this for, for many, many years and, and knew I could share some energy and ideas but also could learn uh, so much uh, invaluable information from from the peers uh, within there. I've, I've also joined uh, a peer group, which is great to meet every six weeks or so. And that direct one-on-one uh, hearing people's stories is uh, something that you just sticks in your brain and, and you don't quite know how much you're retaining. And then you move on and you're telling stories to your to other colleagues and to uh, your paint reps about something you learned in your peer group. And that's uh, just a great feeling to know that you're part of some of the, the best, most professional painting contractors in the nation. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And that's how our peer group is. And I think that that's awesome. And I'm glad that you've had a good experience. And uh, yeah, I would encourage uh, anybody who's not involved to get involved and uh, definitely follow Matt. I follow Matt also. And uh now that I know I don't have to be friends with them, I'm going to just follow them. That's right. What do you follow them once a month, right? You know, when you get on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when are, no, you're going to get on there more I'm, than once a month now. <laughs> I'm inspired. I'm going, I, I'm, I'm the first, I'm going, I have my notes right to creator mode. I got to tag some featured posts because we do post and, yeah. and then I got to start commenting, not just liking others posts. So those are my, my three takeaways from this and yeah. maybe go back to sales navigator. I just never felt like I used it enough to make it worth my while. But I think that, uh, you know, having a little insight into who's looking and who's doing yeah. what being able to Can navigate I, that. So we're going to wrap up, but I have one more comment question and here we go. We did, I didn't get to it, but I think it's really important because we're all business owners here too. And we're trying to figure out the timing on all this. So LinkedIn, I mean, you're doing this all yourself. So are you going to keep up on this? Are you going to, are you going to pass this on to somebody else? Do you think like, owners should be doing this on LinkedIn because I mean, Aaron's pretty busy too. And he's like, Oh, how, how am I going to keep up on this? So what's your advice? 
on that? Great question. And I am strategizing that to move forward <laughs> because it, it is a time consuming thing. The advantage is it's, it's free and social media platforms are free, but it does take up its time. Uh, so yeah. as time goes on, there's only so many things I could do. That is partly the reason I invent new strategies. Uh, maybe the, the strategy of uh, doing the color renderings, that's something that could be passed off. Every time we get an alert of uh, an acquisition for a commercial building, we could do a color rendering and post that within the comments. That's something that could definitely be outsourced. I think uh, optimizing the profile and uh, adding simple posts or pre-scripted posts that could definitely be outsourced as well. It's the personal comments on people that you know, I think that should be done by the owner. And, it, and if you just make a goal of even just one comment uh, a week of somebody you don't necessarily see every day or, or connect with, it, it goes a long way is because the, your average person is willing to look at that comment and maybe even comment back long mm -hmm. before 10 times more frequently than they ever would by a cold email. So Great feedback. Thank you. That, that much more worth it. If you're going to give that little, little comment and just imagine if it was an email, if you're going to take the time on an email, it's going to take you 10 minutes to write versus uh, a comment on LinkedIn to even the simplest thing. That's a great building that you guys purchased. Um, it's probably going to lease out 100%, no problem in the next six months. A little thing like that could take you 10 seconds to, to write. They're going to get eyeballs on that versus your emails most likely won't get open. Perfect. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, as always, if there's a, a topic, whether it be LinkedIn or something else that one of our audience members is uh, is proficient at or has something that they'd like to share, or had a lot of success, I think this is great. It's inspirational. Now I have a, I think what maybe my strategy might be to just like delete in, you know, Instagram and Facebook and just leave <laughs> LinkedIn where those things uh, live on yeah. my phone. And then mm -hmm. instead of checking those, check something that might actually put some money in my pocket instead of waste yeah, all could. my time. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Glad I could all right, great. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming today. Excellent. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure being on here. I look forward to hearing more of these podcasts as you guys keep growing this. Thanks, Matt. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Commercial Painting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and for being a part of this conversation. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and consider sharing this episode with somebody who might also enjoy it. We want to hear from you. If you have thoughts, questions, or even suggestions for future topics and guests, please reach out and let us know. You can find us at commercialpaintingpodcast.com or find our contact information in the show notes for this episode. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Take care and be sure to tune in next time to the Commercial Painting Podcast.